Federal News Network's Open Season Hotline, presented by GEHA. Today's question, should I purchase a standalone Federal Employees Dental and Vision Insurance Program plan, or FedVIP? FedVIP plans are separate from the main Federal Employee Health Benefits, but they do share the same open season dates as health insurance plans. There's no direct Federal Government contribution to the cost of FedVIP premiums. You pay it all. Employees get some tax benefits. Retirees do not. Experts say Fed VIP plans are best thought of as prepaid care. Check out our open season hotline presented by GEHA. Head over to federalnewsnetwork.com and search open season hotline. Send us your questions. We'll read the answers daily at six minutes past the hour here on the Federal Drive. Well, let's face it. No one likes cybersecurity training. Those fake email attacks known as phishing have made everyone paranoid, though. The online courses are boring, and even though cybersecurity is critical, the time it takes to complete the training courses can take away from the mission. But what if cybersecurity training was interactive, collaborative, and, get this, even fun? In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about how one agency is trying to change its approach to cyber training. Jason joins me now with more. Really, Jason? Fun cybersecurity training? Why not? This is the time when you have to say, how do we get people to rethink about how cybersecurity works? Because, Tommy, you know I've done it, you've done it, we've all done it. You sit behind a computer, you answer a few questions, you hope you don't get them wrong so you don't have to take more training. But what the Department of Health and Human Services did instead was said, let's be innovative, let's try something different. So they brought in a vendor and they set up a cyber escape room. Now, if you're not familiar with this concept, the escape room concept, probably kids' parties and sometimes adult parties – where basically you have to solve a series of puzzles in, in a specific length of time, and usually an hour, to get out of the room, escape. So what HHS did was create this series of puzzles in, that, that timed their employees. It was actually eight different teams, 72 employees in all. This, again, just to test it out, see how it would work. And they gave them a series of different things they have to do to escape out of the room. And this is much more interactive, much more team-oriented, much more collaborative. This was not about... Do I click on a link and it's phishing email? How not to make sure my phone doesn't connect to an unsafe Wi-Fi? I mean, stuff that we've heard time and again, listen, and again, Tom, I'll say it's very important. Cybersecurity is not something to take lightly, but let's figure a way to get it to sink in with people. And I give HHS a lot of credit. This was this is a great idea. Well, tell us more about what they included in the escape room. What kinds of problems did they include for employees to solve? And this was a, a test program, correct? A test. I'll call it a test program. It's unclear. HHS did not make anyone available. I did get some answers by email. But Janet Vogel, who is the chief information security officer at HHS, talked about it several times at different conferences. So obviously they were very excited to, to put some light on it. So what the escape room training session, it was a one-hour session, uh, basically a five-minute introductory briefing, 20 minutes to complete a hands-on exercise, and then a five-minute quiz, and then a 30-minute discussion about how to implement cybersecurity best practices uh, some of the things they've really focused on was how to identify and use two-factor authentication, how to recognize phishing emails, how to identify PII or personally identifiable information, how to find unsecure Wi-Fi access points, and, of course, physical computer security. I didn't get a lot of details in terms of how what they had to escape from, but this concept of doing this interactive effort, this team-oriented effort, I think is really what's key here. It doesn't necessarily matter if they're locked in a room or if they're somehow – trying to come up with new ways, but they're taking a new approach to training. And I think that's what's important here. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. And any reaction from the employees that underwent this? 
the guinea pigs. Interestingly enough, they sent me a couple comments from some of the employees. Now, they're unnamed employees, so we'll just take them for what it's worth. But they talked about the, the fact is uh, they liked the discussion at the end. It reinforced and explained some of the rules that maybe they would have, have discarded as too burdensome or didn't think they added real uh, security. Another one called it very involved and nuanced. Uh, it showed a lot of work went into the training and development of the tools. Uh, they, they actually, one person said, Tom, the activity was fun, F-U-N. I liked working with the team. And the post-test, post-test discussion, they enjoyed that as well. HHS will continue to survey participants. They'll kind of send out some quizzes, some knowledge-based questions to kind of reinforce what they learned in the escape room. But it seems like, you know, the feedback has been very positive. People liked it. And again, the fact is it's something different. And I think that's key here. It's not just another computer quiz that you sit in front of and go, when will this be over? HHS, I give HHS a lot of credit because they didn't just do this on their own. This actually was first done the first time I heard about it, at least, was the FHFA, the Federal Housing Finance Agency, did this back in March. And I reached out to FHFA several times to say, hey, give me your response. What what did you find? And unfortunately, Tom, they were not very open about it. They they did not. They eventually had declined to comment after about three weeks, yeah. which is a little frustrating. Maybe they thought your email was phishing. Maybe they did. That's, maybe they were trained too well. But I think it just shows you that there's a lot of interest in it. And in fact, I spoke with uh, somebody from the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service who was on a panel where Janet Vogel, the CISO of HHS, mentioned this idea of escape room. And, and he was very excited about it. He was like, I'm going to talk to Janet and find out more. So I think there's this building of, of interest around how to do cyber training. All right. And you're also writing about shared services. And as you say, one agency may actually be getting it right. What's the shared service? What's the agency? And what are they getting right? We've been talking about shared services, Tom, for more than 20 years. If you remember, it goes back to the Bush administration with lines of business. The wedding cake diagram. The, the, that's, that's different, Tom. That's enterprise architecture. Oh. Don't, don't make me get excited <laughs> here and talk about EA. But shared service is one of those things that's very, very difficult in government and for, for several reasons why. But before I go down there, let's talk about why Labor Department is actually working and finding success. And one of the reasons is they're not – and I'm going to go back to Mark Foreman in one of his famous sayings. They're not trying to boil the ocean. They're not trying to eat the apple in one bite. They're looking internally first and saying, okay, what do we have internally and how can we consolidate it? And then let's go externally once we consolidate it internally. And Tom Labor went from 13 different HR organizations down to one. They have 26 or so, they said, IT application organizations. They're moving that down to one. Three or four different procurement systems and organizations moving that down to one. And as uh, Tracy Smith told me from the Labor Department, we had so many personnel security organizations, we couldn't even count them. And though these are the people that deal with clearances and background investigations, well, a piece of that process, not the entire process. And, and this is why this is so important. They're not trying to just move the whole agency. They're trying to standardize, consolidate, agree on what is HR, what are the data points, and then they can move later on to a shared service provider. So, in other words, the consolidated office that they created will not be the shared services provider. They're just trying to get their arms around what it is as their real requirements and then shift those? Both. So first, they're going to say we're going to provide shared services internally. So only one organization is going to provide these HR services. Then, maybe in two, three, five years, however long, they're going to move from the Labor Department providing those services to a public or private sector provider. But the short term, and this is why I think it's working, and that's why I think it's a success, is because they're they're coming together as an agency before they try to go outside. And too often, Tom, we've seen agencies struggle with that first piece and try to jump to that second piece, which is outsource or 
go to a federal or private sector shared service provider. Yeah, so if your function like that, say HR, is a hairball, then there's no sense in transferring that to a shared services provider because you're just replicating needless complexity somewhere else. So they're trying to understand it and get it streamlined internally, then shift. They're doing that, but they're also saying, how can we make sure that we've come together so we all agree that this data point is means this data point. We're not disagreeing over data. And then they're also looking at business process reengineering, which I think is very important when it comes to these types of functions. What's the best way to do it that meets the mission goals, not just what's the system tell us? Again, I give. Uh, we've seen this at places like the Commerce Department. We've seen this at places like NASA. But I think this is a growing realization throughout government that you got to start internally before you can go externally. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Check out his notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. A good story helps us understand the world and how to make it better. That idea drives what we do on the Daily News podcast, Post Reports. We bring you stories that empower people. You know this is a fraud, right? Why are you calling people doing this? And that hold powerful people accountable. Wait, you did what? We had to sue your office twice to get our hands on these documents. My name is Martine Powers. I co-host the show. Take the trusted reporting of The Washington Post wherever you go. Follow and listen to Post Reports. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.